Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton, and everything in between. So much to catch up on this week. All sorts of reports about Megan's behind-the-scenes antics. Uh, we're going to discuss Hurricane Megan, I think is how it was deemed in the Daily Mail over the weekend. Oh, and everyone's favorite new character, Melissa, who we were all introduced to last week, the one name only. It sounds like she's like a pop star or something, like Allie in A Star Is Born. She should be. I would buy concert Melissa tickets. should release a pop single, but um, Melissa, the former, uh, emphasis on the word former, uh, personal assistant to Meghan Markle. We have more intrigue, which I'm excited to hear about. Also, a royal we don't talk about very often, but who kind of decided to get up to all sorts of fun things this week. And we have no choice but to discuss uh, Princess Beatrice. Welcome to the stage. I know. I've been wondering what she's been up to ever since that immortal Great Gatsby reading. And now now we know she's been up to a lot. She has on a really big stage. And I'm glad to see that she is using it to do all sorts of things, including, well, actually, I don't want to spoil it. We'll get to it. Let's start with Megan, though, as ever. Julie, I don't even like there's so much to get into. I'm very excited. A very quick recap. So somewhat surprisingly, one of Megan's aides named Melissa departed the palace and it was unusual for a royal kind of dismissal because the palace released this unprecedented glowing recommendation citing how wonderful her contributions had been throughout her tenure there, wishing her the very best of luck. It was the kind of recommendation letter Josh and I would have paid hundreds of dollars for. Something smelled, there was something amiss about it all. Why did the palace owe her such a glowing recommendation letter? How has the Daily Mail or someone not like found Melissa yet? I just feel like in all these cases, whenever there's been any sort of scandal, I feel like you always end up usually like, I'm thinking of like the Ben Affleck nanny or like people like that. It's like you always end up like kind of, they fit your people like you. I don't know. I feel like there's no one the tabloids can't identify. And the fact that no one has even figured out what this woman's like, I mean, I guess it's good they're protecting her privacy, but it's just kind of crazy. If crazy days and nights is to be believed, it sounds like the palace wrote her a check large enough that Melissa does not need to be found. Like she just purchased herself an island. <laughs> some. And you're right. So she probably can't because of some NDA situation. Okay, good call. Melissa even is just grows in her heroicism each week. I want like a lifetime movie just about Melissa. And we should note also that all of these reports are coming out as Prince Charles is kind of celebrating his 70th birthday. So I wonder what he feels about yeah. this. We talked about this last week a little, but like there's something crazy about how all of a sudden all this stuff is coming out. It was almost as if like a bottle was opened at the Daily Mail factory and they were like, like, we're just going to like, like get all these stories going off the printing press that they've been like waiting to run for six months that for whatever reason they wanted to wait six months and now it's like fair game or something. One of our Instagram followers uh, suggested in her fantasy fiction version that this is all Kate's payback. I mean... Uh... Who knows? But it's someone's, it seems like someone's payback, at least from like the media standpoint here. Daily Mail published a new takedown on Hurricane Megan. I mean, we say takedown, I say takedown. This could also just 
make her even more kind of Miranda Priestly like the way that like, the headline was framed I thought it was gonna be like she has like a croquet mallet that she's like taking to the queen's favorite like bus like in the like dining hall or something like I don't know I just was like I kept th- I was thinking how like it was gonna be the most like, wild accusations and then like kind of the most intense it gets is saying that like she sends all these text messages in the morning at, like, <laughs> like 5 a.m. yes <laughs> Which, like, is annoying. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like when I wake up and someone's, like, already sent me, like, eight texts, I feel like Julie has to deal with that with me because of the time difference. Like, I feel like I'm Hurricane Josh to Julie because, like, when you wake up, I feel like I've sent you, like, 80 texts already. But they're not demands. They're the they're most not amazing. Demands, no, they're not demands. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, okay. So, anyways, that's, like, the kind of crux of at least, like, the first section of this report. The report is, like, I guess, tied to her six months mark in the position. It's been six months since the wedding, right? Isn't that why they're writing this stuff? The Daily Mail is always unafraid to go against the grain. Let's put it that way. So they basically said that she's determined to do things her way from the moment she bounces out of bed at 5 a.m., she has proved to be less of a breath of fresh air and more of a whirlwind. And they're really going for this like storm metaphor. In fact, Hurricane Megan is ripping up the rule books on everything from fashion to friendships, diplomacy to the etiquette of car doors. They're really like bringing everything into this. The Duchess shuts her own. Here we explore a few of the changes she has brought to the House of Windsor. Julie, do you want to discuss the royal fashion rules? Yes, it's so good. The Queen is said to have expressed surprise that Meghan, a divorcee, wore quite wore such a quite white dress for her wedding, an elegant boat necked creation from fashion house Chivanchi. But then the future Duchess of Sussex was always going to do it her own way. (laughs) It's a boldness that has led to unease among some courtiers. Megan is being told she needs to start dressing less like a Hollywood star. Sorry. Megan is being told she needs to start dressing less like a Hollywood star and more like a royal, one source, from a fashion team which was visited. What? The source is from a fashion team that has visited Kensington Palace. Um, First of all, you know how recently HBO or Showtime, they published some docuseries about the New York Times journalism team that like got into Trump's finances and just tracked that for a year. I would watch a premium cable special on the coming together of one of these Daily Mail royal articles. Wouldn't you love to see that? Just like the editor who has to read this line by line. I'm imagining like a giant... um like whiteboard where they kind of write out because it's like these things are always broken down by headers you know and like i kind of imagine them right like the text messages the fashion and then they kind of like separate out all the different kind of aspects they're gonna dial in on and then they send like three reporters to each kind of like topic e should like green light that or lifetime or something i feel like that would be like a slam dunk we should write that show why are we waiting i think a fictionalized version of it would be the way to go Dressing less like the Hollywood star, more like the royal. I feel like the whoever, whatever source they got, who like wouldn't name themselves for this, I feel like that doesn't feel to me. I feel like they were stretching on that quote. Stretching on this quote, I love all these catty comments that I feel like the queen definitely didn't make. Like maybe Kate or Pippa did. Yeah, like whoever's feeding this, and they're kind of just like attributing this stuff to the queen. Like it was like last week, the whole thing with the veil, and now we have that. Like, 
she didn't think she was gonna wear such a white dress like what because she was gonna wear like a like off turquoise dress like what like what was she gonna do right she couldn't have won in this scenario either like if she had worn that turquoise dress they would have blamed her for dressing like a hollywood star yeah, like oh she's trying to be so edgy and like do something that's gonna draw all this attention i just think this is like where you really know that the daily mail had to stretch and they were at this like brainstorm meeting for this piece because it was like Oh, we're gonna like go back to the Hollywood star well, and we're gonna talk about how the queen thought she shouldn't have worn such a white dress. The queen's all about tradition. I guess the only thing I ever do feel like is there's that one report that you see, I think it was in this too. Oh yeah, about um like how they went to that joint appearance and the queen was wearing a hat, but then when they asked I guess, like, the Queen's staff told Meghan's staff, like, oh, like, the Queen's going to be wearing a hat, which is, like, a sub, like, a signal for that Meghan showed, and then she didn't. Like, I sort of, like, stuff like that I can sort of believe, but, like, not that the dress wasn't white. Um, and then this, okay, so the next part of this is about, we already alluded to, the texting. I love the beginning of this section. Six or seven a day. That's the number of texts the new Duchess of Sussex sends to Palace A's with ideas and requests. She's an early riser, up at 5 a.m. rain or shine. I believe that. I feel like that seems right to me with Megan. And it said, and it is said that Palace staff has never experienced anything remotely like Megan's formidable work ethic, matched only by the incessant stream of ideas about how to shape her role. Is she sending all these ideas via text. I'm like a little confused. Quite aside from her publicized engagements, Megan has been conducting a series of undercover missions to meet the British people, particularly those associated with good causes. Julie, I'm interested for your take as a West Coaster on this next part. Well-meaning as she is, her particular brand of up-and-atom West Coast energy is an uncomfortable fit with the more formal ethos of some palace staff. I think as Josh looks at me right now, he can tell that I do not ascribe to the full Meghan Markle up-and-atom life, whatever, mantra. The West Coast has up-and-atom West Coast energy. I thought this was like a misread by the Daily Mail. I feel like if anyone in the U.S. has an up-and-atom energy, it's an East Coast. Exactly, exactly. And also, they're framing this as though, this section at least, as though she's this horrible hurricane, but this sounds like she just has, is very ambitious the thing i believe though is that if we're taking the texting and like whatever the fact that she's like excited about this role thing to be true which like i say like it probably is and it should be like she's excited to do all these things as we know from the cookbook and whatever it does feel very different though than the royal agenda of the rest of the royals so i do believe that there's some like oh whoa like this is a whole new ball game right but i'm just kind of wondering about uh, the people who work at the palace just because Josh and I have worked for some real tyrants hour in our days. So is the difference here that just Americans are used to being treated worse or having like just horrific bosses? I don't know. I would I would watch a reality show where these palace aides are flown to LA and have to work at like CAA as a second assistant. I feel like these, these palace aides, months. I'm getting the sense like come like they they're portraying in here like they get in at like 10:30, like maybe leave at like a cool 4 p.m. and like Megan sending a text at like 4:59 and they're like ready to like head out to like they you know what I mean? I feel like that's maybe what's going on. And they're all bristling because they're just so not used to it. Right. Something doesn't quite line up here. Oh, sorry. And there was like another little thing here. 
Megan has joined when several uh, Megan has joined the royal family at a time when several aides have moved on, including senior communications secretary Katrina McKeever, a point of liaison for Megan's family. Does she have the story to tell or what? <laughs> Katrina McKeever. Oh my god, who quietly left the Kensington Palace press office in September. Yeah, that story got no attention compared to this Melissa situation. I didn't know someone like this Katrina left. In April, it was announced that Edward Lane Fox, Harry's right-hand man for the past five years, would be leaving earlier than many expected. Well, this would be a good time to get into the anonymous tip we received, um, who has intel from someone inside the palace. She did not want us to use her name, but she said, I heard that the problem with Megan and the assistants slash palace aides isn't that she's exactly a diva. She's not rude or over the top, but rather she just treats everyone around her like they're there just for her needs. It's subtle but constant, assistants and staff. It's not the British way, and that cultural difference is causing friction. Apparently, after the wedding, the palace teens saw a shift with the amount she's doing this making assistants who had previously been getting along okay with the couple and blaming it on the wedding stress, starting to realize that it's the normal. So people thought that maybe it was just the wedding frenzy, and now the fact that it's still happening is cause for concern. I guess I've never heard of this cultural difference, but I guess I can understand it. If there's any grain of truth to any of all this stuff we've been discussing, it comes from the fact that it's like this is just not how the palace staff has usually operated like kate is not sending like eight texts in the morning and like william and harry just go to their things and it's kind of like you know is it bad that there's part of me that kind of respects the fact that like kate does not care about these people's like personal lives so isn't even gonna ask in the first place well i mean it reminds me too of like i'm trying to uh, i feel like maybe this is a universal thing a little bit but like when you've been in a let's say a job for a while and like a new person comes in and kind of does something in just like such a different way than like everyone else has and everyone's sort of just like wait what's going on here but then usually I feel like what ends up happening is a new person adjusts to the vibe of the office. Or they don't. <laughs> but 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 I feel I feel like maybe this is the kind of thing where it's just she's used to, you know, she's has all these ideas. She's, you know, really accomplished. She used to do like all these like side jobs in addition to her normal job. She, you know. It is bizarre just because there have been reports about how Charles is so pampered and likes to have even an aide pour or push out his toothpaste on his toothbrush. So why is Megan yeah. flack? Megan also strikes me as someone who doesn't like downtime. Like I feel like when she was like doing the TIG, that was like because she didn't want to have any downtime. You know, I don't see her as the type to like just sit down and watch like some Netflix. I kind of feel like the palace staff is probably used to more of the vibe of, you know, people who just would rather chill and they do the events when they have to do the events. I feel like you would be so good. Like a police department needs to bring you in as some sort of personality profiler because I feel like you can get just such a good sense based on their habits. You just have a nose, you know, immediately. 
Another woman brought up at the end of this Daily Mail, sorry, I'm kind of jumping around. Um, it was kind of speaking about Megan's friend group, and they mentioned Lindsay Roth, one of Megan's oldest friends since the pair met in a literature class at Northwestern University. She's been one of her closest allies and has recently been seen in the Kensington area. She's an author, she's 36, and she based a character in her 2015 novel, what pretty girls are made of on Megan. I have another fun fact about her. Please. She wrote a book. It might it may be have been even that book and she sent it to Kate Middleton in like 2015 because she was a huge fan of Kate Middleton and Kate uh the, the palace like wrote you know those like form kind of like pro forma notes you get from the palace that are like thank yous she got one of those from like the office of the duchess of cambridge and like put it on her instagram like how like it was like a life goal like a, an amazing like life achievement that like kate had like gotten a copy of her book and written her back um and then a few short years later, she was sitting in the same room as Kate for Megan's wedding. Wow. Yeah, a little known factoid. But yeah, Lindsay, she was spotted in London. I feel like, the, as we mentioned before, that whoever was like the team putting together this Daily Mail ex, quote unquote expose, like, why is that so like shocking? Do you know what I mean? They're just like, I guess they're like, her friend is in town. <laughs> But I do kind of love that this friend was, like, so in on Kate and then, like, probably was, like, you know, loved Kate the way anyone loves Kate. And then it was sort of, um, no, I don't know. Like, does, does she hang out with Kate when she visits Megan? Does she play it cool, you know? Does she bring up the book? If anyone has read the book, What Pretty Girls Are Made Of, and can let us know, I want to know about this character based on Megan. I think I'm putting this down as my reading list assignment for the holiday. Yeah. Josh, what did you think of Charles's 70th birthday, all the photos? I was, like, kind of surprised at how uh, much, like, the 70th birthday press operation was so extensive and, like, pronounced. And I knew it was coming, but Nikki appeared on the European version of Vanity Fair this month on the cover. He, you know, obviously there was, like, that documentary, which we talked a little bit about, the new book about him, you know, I just feel like there was a lot of information and sort of, and then all the photos, obviously the party, like it was more than you get for most of these birth. I mean, the seven, a 70th birthday is obviously, you know, it's a, the impetus for a celebration, but it just was surprising to me how much there was. And it makes me think that they're really trying to prime everyone for the idea that he's going to be king presumably soon right like i feel like it seems like a very coordinated almost like pr push that you would see for like an actor campaigning for an oscar or something but like and in this case it's almost like oh they're really going hard to make everyone like feel really good about him and bringing out prince louis for all these photos i feel like we hadn't really seen much of him then they you know really brought out all the guns because it was like the, like George, Charlotte, Louis, Megan, like the the party. I don't know. Just it was a lot. I know, and published those outtakes. It was a lot. That's that's very good. I wasn't thinking of all the the optics. How right we're essentially being groomed to think this guy is a big deal. Yeah, and I feel like Megan and Kate 
this is like not really related, but like the 70th birthday was obviously this huge occasion and we only got the glimpse of like what they were wearing because you only got the front seat of the car photographed by the paparazzi, but there were no photos from inside. It looked like Kate was wearing this wild kind of like hot pink frilly. You could only see the t- like very, very top of the shoulder strap. But it's kind of crazy to me. No one leaks photos from this thing. Like do they like check cell phones at the door. Like how do they do that? I know that is pretty, pretty amazing. You mentioned, though, that someone there was some sort of magic trick. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is sort of to me like should have been the only thing everyone was talking about related to this party. So the Daily Mail's Richard Kay, who's like one of these columnists, wrote a recap of the party. I'm not really sure who his source was. Maybe it was Prince George. And he was explaining what went on at this party where there's no photographs, except for, I think, one of Charles and Camilla. And it said that Prince Edward, who styles himself as the magical bisector, stepped up to perform a classic illusion at his brother's lavish 70th birthday party. His partner, who clamored willingly, if a little nervously, into a wooden box, was Princess Anne's son and Charles's nephew, Peter Phillips, whose 41st birthday was the following day. Many a royal heart was in mouth as the pair, with Edward brandishing a handsaw, stepped onto the stage for the highlight of a riotous and joyful celebration at Buckingham Palace. And that's all that's said. They never <laughs> they never say more about like how the trick went down or anything like that. They just let you know that Edward saw in half Charles's nephew as part of some trick. And the Daily Mail put together a phenomenal uh photo illustration. It's kind of amazing and the caption is great i came i sawed i conquered how how edward and victim peter phillips might have looked that is incredible julie i'm sending you the image right now everyone will get to hear her live reaction to this visual what (laughs) i i don't know Did you know Prince Edward was known to be a magician on the side? No. And again, this just further bolsters my want for this behind-the-scenes documentary about how the Daily Mail does their magic. Their magic about magic or whatever, yeah. I have never seen such a loving, like, artfully done Daily Mail illustration. This is really incredible. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and then one of the other details I should note, because this didn't get a lot of pickup that I saw, was that I guess Harry and Megan did not stay for the dancing portion. They excused themselves right after the dinner was done. That seems kind of cold, right? Well, I thought it was interesting for like your dad's 70th. Right. Like, I get that she's like not going to want to stay at all night, but I thought that seemed a little surprising. Also, after they just got back from, what, like a three-week tour extravaganza down under where they were doing probably like 20 hours a day worth of appearances? I know. A little, wow. A little, a little, a little odd. A little odd. Well, I wonder if that has anything to do with the report last week from the, wasn't that the same author who wrote about Prince Charles, was shadowing Prince Charles, and then he confirmed the what Meghan wants, Meghan gets, quote, from Harry during the lead up to the wedding. Do you think there's... Potentially. 
since Charles kind of sanctioned that quote, that may being, be Charles is like there's something. Well, yeah, but it's what's always confusing is like you get one, you always get such conflicting things because then I feel like in the big Hurricane Megan one, they were saying, oh, Charles and Megan are so tight. Like they they bonded over like all these different things and like the family friction and this and that. I don't know. If anyone has any more intel about the magic trick, about Melissa, about if you've read that book from Meghan Markle's friend, please let us know. Or the Prince Charles book. After that feast of a Meghan, I guess, Thanksgiving extravaganza, our dessert for the episode is going to be touching in with Princess Beatrice. She has a new boyfriend. I've been wondering what Princess Beatrice has been up to ever since she read that great Gatsby reading at her sister's wedding. And it turns out that she is dating a multimillionaire property tycoon named Eduardo Mapelli Mozzi. And that isn't even the most surprising biographical detail about him. Josh, do you want to go for it? The son notes that he is the stepson of a late friend of a former prime minister. <laughs> the sentence takes unexpected turn after unexpected turn, which is fancy. That's part of the sentence. Oh, okay. I was like, did Julie add this in? No. <laughs> and he's 34. Included in the sons, who is Eduardo Mapelli Mazzi Post, is the fact that he is a divorcee. He has a two-year-old son named Wolfie, and he specializes in, quote, discreetly funding and developing multi-million pound homes for rich clients. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. I mean, I love that for her. I feel like he seems great. He does seem great. Apparently, they've only been dating for two months, but he's already been introduced to the family. Can you imagine bringing your your wealthy boyfriend home or you being that wealthy boyfriend and you're there to meet your girlfriend's mother and it's Fergie? I just, I feel like in general, when you just saw Eugenie's wedding too, it's like in how over the top it was that i don't know just something about meeting her and knowing you're getting that wet it's just kind of weird it's like dating a celebrity but you like you know you're getting that whole wedding to go along with it it's just like so much right but i just i love that this is kind of a untraditional match i love that he is a kid i love that the kid's name is wolfie and like will wolfie if they get married um be one of the page boys with prince george and such oh my god i would not put it past fergie to do like a full-on animal inclusive wedding (laughs) Uh, but also a fun detail connected to this was that beatrice was going to la for some sort of business maybe to have lunch with julie who knows um (laughs) but she was spotted getting into an uber at lax which is exactly how i exit lax it should be noted she like went to one of the little stations where you have to flag down the person i love it so much and she was carrying the same away suitcase that josh and i both own wait this is crazy also how does she not have like a black car like a driver I'm very surprised by all of this. Like with her own luggage, is this try? Is this like a princesses are just like us thing? Like, did she know? Did she know she was gonna get paparazzi? So it's like a relatable moment, right? I mean, that relatable moment worked for me. Yeah, <laughs> because I immediately sent Josh the link, and we're talking about it now. I just don't 
is it like a spawn con thing? Like, does, was, did Uber pay somehow for this? Probably not. Oh, that would be genius. But I guess that wouldn't be allowed in the royal family. I feel, though, as if she seems like a kind of normal, and so does Eugenie, too, but, like, I kind of feel like it goes along with her brand a little bit. As normal as you can be when you're dating a multi-millionaire property developer and you read The Great Gatsby at your sister's wedding. (laughs) That was like televised globally. Do you think the Uber driver recognized her? No. Because all the pictures are taken from someone. I don't know if it's a paparazzo. I don't know if it's just like one of us who was also waiting for our UberX at that station. But she's like waving. Big day for Uber today because I also saw that Martha Stewart took her first Uber ever. Oh my gosh. Where? What other details do you have? Princesses, Martha, like Uber is really just upping their class level. Um, I don't know where she was going. Well, congratulations, Uber, on this special achievement yeah this is exciting i'm curious how this is all going to play out and i feel like somehow i have a a weird sense that this is going to be like turbocharged and we're going to be hearing about like a beatrice engagement in like a month i hope so i would love that we need something else to look forward to yeah there's no royal weddings anytime soon oh also wait julie do you think megan is going to celebrate thanksgiving because last year she went to la i was reminded today to hang out with her mom for Thanksgiving, but she's probably presumably going to stay in London. They don't celebrate Thanksgiving in London, but she has no engagements planned on Thursday. So people.com was wondering this morning whether or not she's going to do a turkey and the whole shebang or not. I mean, if those assistants thought wedding stress was a lot, they have a lot in store for them because I bet you those text message alerts are going to be up from six to like at least a dozen. They are going to be out grocery shopping. I think she's going to throw an elaborate Thanksgiving for Harry at least, right? And I feel like maybe the Kate William crew will come over. Right. Maybe. I think so. Oh, I love it. Wait, remember that iconic Megan Turkey Instagram from, I guess it was a few We have to post that again. (laughs) The years keep turning and we, something, we stay the same looking at photos of Megan with a turkey taken years ago. That does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to check us out on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, star comment all of that yes and now you can reach out to us a voice with a voicemail please leave us one we love hearing them that number is 347-790-0966 also feel free to reach out to us on twitter at in the limelight you can also follow us individually i'm at julie w miller and i'm at jay duboff we are also on instagram at in the limelight pod this episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We will talk to you next week. And until then, no, no bad, bad energy. energy.